Fresh Pop and a over $100 bottle. What is it? The uh, Gold Eagle Bacta pick. Ooh. Which one is that? Oh, the 2005. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Hey, Jake, tell me you're a brown noser without telling me you're a brown noser. <laughs> it's a great selection. Mm-hmm. Bonus points. A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm Gold Eagle Jake. And tonight we are drinking expensive bottles. A little little change for what we know. Why is that talk funny? Because <laughs> <laughs> we've talked shit about expensive bottles a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> well, we we still might talk shit about expensive bottles. We might. We yeah, we gotta we gotta be true. fair to all of them though. We gotta give them all the same amount of airtime. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the criteria was over $100 for the bottle. Um, I think we have a pretty wide price range between these three bottles. And to be fair, in our normal uh, last second planning, we were going to have Roberto on tonight, but he's still at work. Uh, so we decided to change topics. And in three minutes, we came up with the idea of something <laughs> over $100 and then went and grabbed something off our shelves. And that's what we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for adding that in. Yeah. Got to gotta show everyone we never do anything to prepare for these podcasts. No. Except for never some let whiskey. an opportunity to throw a Roberto under the bus go by. I know. I, that's, that's the main reason I wanted to do <laughs> that it. Too. Was, I got to talk shit about Roberto and he can't talk back, which is my favorite type of, of conversations about Roberto. So, um, yeah. So I I can say first, I think, obviously, if you've listened a few times, I'm not a big fan of pricing of a lot of whiskey because I think some of it's getting a little ridiculous. Now, these are all retail over $100, not aftermarket over $100 because there's a complete difference between the two. Um, and it seems like until a couple of years ago, just in from what I've seen, and you guys can correct me if you've seen things other it seems like a lot of the special releases and things were kind of holding steady on their prices about not being too absurdly expensive. But as of recently, it seems like those special releases are getting jacked up higher and higher on the MSRP. Just, I know when we talked about last year was last year's Midwinter's Night Dram uh, jumped up almost double in price from the previous expression. Um, I'm drinking Aremus Repeal Reserve. I think I just read an article today that this year's release is about ready to come out and it's going to retail at 188, which is over 30 bucks more than what it was when it came out last year. Even um, more. We actually still have some of last year on the shelf for 120. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember I, if 150 th- or 120, but yeah. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to get the new Remus this week. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's kind of wild, but like it makes sense. And I don't think we're going to see that slow down or decrease. Um, distilleries kind of realize the supply and demand for bourbon right now. And if you're a distillery putting out your most precious bottles that you only have so much of, 
and then you watch everyone buy a bottle and sell it for 10 times, five times more than what you put it out for, um, you know, you're going to kind of raise a red flag there. Right. Yeah. And then the the thing is, is this a vicious, vicious cycle where aftermarket is now going to go up even higher because MSRP is higher? Or would this help? Is, is that, Are we getting closer to a point, which I feel we are, where people aren't going to be spaying as much of absurd prices on secondary? And maybe that starts to drop prices in a few years back down on the main. But I highly doubt that. Usually once you raise your price, you're never going back down. Well, I, I think it has to do a lot with quality i think like remus is actually a good example because the the 2022 release was not that great compared to some of the past ones um it was still good but it wasn't Mm -hmm. nearly as good as uh like the past i think two or three were like pretty spectacular um i think it shows because that bottle is like on shelves almost anywhere um Mm -hmm. still uh almost a year uh after it came out um so i think that like equilibrium between price and quality is starting to be exceeded and that's why you're seeing some stuff just sit um because it's not it's not actually worth what they're trying to charge for it no but i think that's i'll be right jake I was just going to say, I think that's, you know, actually what a lot of people don't realize is that's kind of what these distilleries want. They don't want their stuff not to sell, but they want to have shelf presence. Um, it kills Buffalo Trace. I know this, that their products never really make it to the shelf because they sell out so quickly. They want to have a lot of facings on the shelf. Um, mm-hmm. they, just, they just can't because supply and demand, they're whiskeys are priced, you know, at a, at a point where every, everywhere they go, they sell out immediately. Um, so I think other distilleries are trying to kind of get more facings. And I think midwinters is a really good example. I mean, we, we kind of hated on midwinters before the price increase. Um, and now that the price increased, I mean, that's one that like I would never ever go for. I'm just not a fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm not saying it's right for these distilleries to charge so much more for their most precious limited releases, but um, from their point of view, it kind of just makes sense. Yeah, it's like when Jake, when you're talking about Remus and past expressions, Remus Repeal Five, which was two years ago, is in probably my top five of all time whiskeys uh, that I've had. I was a really big fan of that. I got that. I got the Remus Repeal 6 when it came out. Uh, it's good. I'm not going to hate on it. I like this whiskey a lot. It's not as good as 5. But it's now I'm at that point of, okay, you're jacking the price up another $50 when it took a step backwards. Am I going to spend $188 yeah. on 7, Repeal Reserve 7? Not unless I taste it first. Uh, right. If I taste it and I think it's better than 5 and I can get it at retail, I probably will. Uh, because I just because I've all the Remus repeals I've had, like I said, they've all been really good. But five was very, very good for me. But I don't like. I'm glad I have six. I wouldn't. I wish I wouldn't have paid over a hundred dollars for it. But that's retail. It's not like I bought it aftermarket. Yeah, thing is, um, uh, that price point is getting up there with some. And, and Remus is a blend, um, and like that's getting up there with like some of the like uh gray label like barrel products and um you know, like the murray hill club 
from uh, Joseph Magnus and like uh, the cigar blend from Joseph Magnus that are like, I'd, I'd say much more like renowned blenders than MGP. Um, though that's kind of a subjective statement. Um, yeah. But, well, but, no, it's true. Like there, they are more renowned blenders, but you know, sadly that's the case because MGP yeah. has so much whiskey to pull from, but right. they're, they're obviously the remiss, the Rossville line, the stuff that they've put out just hasn't gotten the respect that it probably should. Um, but I didn't see that this was supposed to jump up to 190 for this year. I mean, that is kind of, that's a lot for, yeah. you, know, you know, like you said, the, the last version is still on the shelves at most places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Jake and your stores, like, obviously there is the really special relimited stuff that's going to go quick, but a lot of your bottles that retail over a hundred that aren't overly special, like, I, Calumets, like the Calumet 15, mm-hmm. 16s, you can almost always find them on a shelf. Do they sell well being priced that high? Now, those are super aged whiskeys, um, so there's a little bit of credence to it. But do they sit longer than, say, like a lot of the stuff that's similar quality, but at a 70 to $90 range? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything at a higher price point is going to sit for a little bit longer. Um, but I will say that they probably sell faster than you would imagine. Um, and I mean, that that $100 to $150 price range there is, there's a very good buyer market for that price range. And that's going to be your bourbon drinkers that have already kind of you know, collected a massive bourbon collection and they're very picky on what they want to add and they go for more quality over quantity now. Um, so back to your point, like these are also whiskeys that people kind of need to taste before they mm-hmm. purchase, you know? So like we, we still do sell a lot of, uh, bottles of that price range and actually are, uh, the bottles at the bar that are priced higher do very well. Yeah. Um, cause I think a lot of people agree they need to taste something in that price range before they buy it. Um, and even if they don't want to buy it, it's cool to say that they tasted it without having to commit to a whole bottle. Yeah. And, and as sad as it is, it's within the last couple of years, the hundred to the $125 price range is what used to be 75 to a hundred two years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's everything's gone up 50 bucks. It seems to be in the same range, but. Um, Jake, it seems like he was talking about you there for a little bit with guys that have massive collections mm-hmm. and have kind of switched. I didn't want to, to say names, but wanted, <laughs> what, what, are your, what are your thoughts there, Jake? You just kind of sat there with a shit eating grin on your face. And I wanted to make sure I called you out for that. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't know anything about that customer profile that Jake just laid out for us. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I've gotten to the point where I have a lot, um, of bottles and I've gotten more uh, discerning with what I'm like willing to, to go buy Um, just because I have the basics covered pretty much. And then, you know, I, I'm not necessarily hunting for Buffalo trace anymore um, and stuff like that, that, you know, a lot of other people are. Um, So yeah, I'm looking for those like, interesting and unique One kind of kind of things yeah they're like uh, that are uh more like 
that are going to be worth the price point and, um, you know, are, are like something that'll keep me interested, you know, for, for some time after I open it. Um, and that, that's why like getting to taste them is definitely a big help in understanding what I do or do not want to try and get, you know? Yeah. I've my collection, obviously not anywhere near the size of yours, but I think I have 60 to 70 in that range somewhere. Probably I've been trying to keep it around 50 and it grew too, too large. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I used to not be afraid to like, like a hundred dollar bottle didn't phase me too much. I've gotten to a point now of if I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on a bottle, I want to try it first because we've talked a lot. There's so much good whiskey out there, especially in the 30 to $50 price range that it's, it's hard to want to buy. It's gotta be something special, I guess. Um, and that, mm -hmm. that's, that's probably why I'm not going to go out and hunt for the, the Remus seven this year. But I think I've just been more selective with with the more expensive bottles lately. But I'm not yeah. saying that they're not good or not not all worth it. Uh, there's there's a lot of whiskeys I've tasted that are over a hundred dollars that are very good and worth the price. But I don't know if I would justify putting them in my collection at that price point. I'm not saying that it's bad whiskey because it's over a hundred dollars. It's it's a little bit different for me. Right. Yeah. I'd, honestly, to sum up this category in like one or two sentences, I would probably say that most of it is probably not worth it, but the ones that are worth it are really, really worth it. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can seek out what you really like in that price category, some of those whiskeys have so much complexity. Um, and if they hit your palate, right, then I think they're worth the buy every time. But yes, it is a very kind of small niche category out of all the options that are available that are actually worth it probably for your own personal palate. I know this is hot. We're just talking about bottles over a hundred dollars. So this would fall in that category. Have any of you guys ever had a bottle that's been retail price, like let's say $200 or more where you've had a try of, or you've sampled it and you're like, Oh, this is easily worth over $250 or $200. Has that ever happened uh, for you guys? Yeah. The, uh, the Bacta 62 Armagnac. Absolutely. I was phenomenal. gonna I was gonna <laughs> say my answer to that would probably be one of the Bacta vintages. Um mm -hmm. just just because the, the amount of complexity and the amount of uh just you can you can just sit there and taste a little tiny sip for ten minutes and then the nose ing experience is just beyond anything else. But there's not much. There's not much that I've had in that price range where I, I, I've said it's worth it. And actually, I can probably point out way more examples where I've tasted something and have just been like, whoa, why is this priced at $250? This should be a $50 bottle. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's even like, like uh, I think okay. you and I talked about this one time, Jake, while I was stopping at the store, that it's it's extremely difficult to justify particularly in American whiskey, anything at that, at that price point, because it's just, yeah. it, it, it would have to be so old that it's like probably near undrinkable because of the amount of Oak that would be imparted. Um, and it's like, uh, I think you said that there's probably some scotches that probably would qualify as like good for that price range. Um, but again, like 
it's a very different type of aging environment that allows them to really uh mature without like completely degrading the actual whiskey in Scotland, you know, versus here where it's hot in most of the places where they're producing whiskey. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in, in order to justify it, you need to be doing something different. You need to be doing some unique finishes, um, some unique, you know, kind of blending or something, because just to let whiskey age in a barrel, we know for American whiskey, bourbon is not really expensive to make corn is super cheap. Um, yeah. And then once, like you said, once it hits a certain age where it becomes priced over 100 to 150 per bottle, the whiskey can kind of start to turn because it's just American whiskey isn't meant to age as long as Scotch whiskey is. You know, mm. a lot of people say 15 years is the sweet spot or the cap for American whiskey. Um, and after that, you're just going to taste oak. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Forgate is a good one to debate for this, I think, because they. All their stuff is 180 all the way up to $250. A lot of people say their stuff isn't worth the price. I've had some four gates where I would absolutely pay that price for again and again and again, um, just because some of them do give you that experience that you're looking for in a whiskey, and they do a lot of expensive barrel you know, finishing and experimentation. Um, but I've also had some four gates where I thought, oh, yeah, I wouldn't pay 50 bucks for this. So, um, I guess it depends on each whiskey and it depends on each person's palate, but it's a whole, uh, it's a whole nother category that we could spend a whole podcast on. Well, I was just thinking, um, back when, when your master classes that we were at, um, it was, we did a tasting. I know, like you said, like one of them was way more expensive than the other. And I think mm -hmm. it was barrel seagrass versus barrel seagrass gray label or something similar to that. I know there was a barrel versus a barrel gray label that you yeah. put in there. Well, I know we've, we've done dovetail. I think it might've been dovetail. Oh, dovetail. Maybe it was dovetail. Yeah. yeah. Se mm -hmm. uh, seagrass is the Lake County one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dovetail gray label against dovetail regular. And I, I remember you said that one of them was way more expensive than the other. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know exactly what it was when you asked for guesses. But my only guess was the one that I liked the least was going to be the one that was more expensive. And it was close. It wasn't bad. Um, and I, I really like Barrel's products. Um, but after you after we found out, yeah, the, I mean, they're very similar. It's not like one was heads or tails above the other. The one that I liked better was the lower cost one. And then for me, just looking at that direct comparison, there's no way I would have paid the great label pricing for versus the normal dovetail because there wasn't that much of a difference besides some age and a hundred dollars on retail pricing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those, those are super interesting um, to, to touch on the barrel thing. When, when we did that barrel gray label and gold label tasting, um, mm -hmm. I think most of the room preferred the gray labels over all the gold labels. Yeah. That's in, a, in almost every say. round, like the cheaper bottle was preferred. And when you taste the gray label, like dovetail against the regular dovetail, the the regular has much better flavor. The gray label is higher proof. It tastes lower proof. The finish is a little bit longer. Um, so it kind of it depends what you're looking for. Like I think that that's a good example because the gray label is like special occasion. I want to sit here with one pour for an hour and just really savor and enjoy this pour. Like gray label is perfect for that, but it's not something that you want to sit there and drink because it's so expensive. And to really get the full experience, you have to sit there and savor it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I think I think yeah, that sorry, brings up a good point with like you know when you get to whiskeys this expensive, it's how are you drinking it too? You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's not fair in the blinds only because people are you know quickly going back and forth between the two whiskeys and the flavor is going to hit usually on the less expensive bottle. But if you really pay attention to the finish and all the complexities on the back end. A lot of times you can you can pick out which one's the more expensive. But yeah, it depends on what you're going for when you're pouring whiskey, what the mood is. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot. Of, I think a lot of whiskey is when you're having it and who you're having it with. Yeah. Um, like I don't uh, <laughs> like the summer. I don't drink a ton of whiskey when I get home from work because I get home from work late. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. And I. Whiskey is not refreshing, so I switched to beer, which we talked about um, on our Would You Rather. But once the temperature starts to get cooler, when I come home and have a pour every night, I'm going bottom shelf. I'm not spending big money on a big pour for myself. Um, mm -hmm. Now, some Saturday night, someone else sit down with a nice pour. But I, my lot, the majority of my collection is probably the $30 to $70 range. Um, but that being said, I still have a decent amount of over $100 bottles. Um, I don't touch them that often. Um, they're more for when certain people or friends are coming over, good friends are coming over, uh, sit down and have some good whiskey. Yeah. Same for me. Like, I don't typically, every once in a while, if I'm, like, thinking about what I want to have, and I'm like, oh, I haven't had Elijah 18 in a while. I'll, like, have it just on, like, a weeknight or something. but. Um, that's usually not very often. Usually it's like, I'm having, you know, some friends over or it's like, you know, a, a birthday or a holiday or something like that. When I'll open up one of the more hard to find expensive bottles. Um, but like, in my opinion, it's like Dan said, it's meant to share. And like, I like giving people the opportunity to try something that they otherwise probably wouldn't wouldn't try so yeah i almost i almost pulled my elijah 18 for this episode just to mm. piss off jake um <laughs> we should have coordinated <laughs> but i i honestly think though because i i bought that at your birthday last year jake from gold yeah. eagle and i haven't oh, was that at the bourbon matters yeah. blind yeah uh but yeah we did that small little for jake's birthday thing um, I haven't opened it yet. I thought I, my thought was I was going to open it when Roberto got here because I know I've had some of his Elijah 18, so I'd probably give him some back. Mm -hmm. Jake's actually getting up to go get a bottle of Elijah 18 right now. No, definitely not. I'm turning the light on because you guys can't see me. <laughs> uh, you can leave it off for everybody. All right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about what we're what we're drinking. So obviously Dan's drinking Remus. Yeah, I, I've always liked the Remus Repeal Reserve. Um, I don't, I'm not liking the price point of it anymore. Uh, but I still think if this is at a hundred bucks, easily worth a hundred bucks. Um, even even the Remus Five, I had no problem paying the one twenty or one forty for that. I found that at a different liquor store. I just stopped in one day and they had it on the shelf. It was a little, I think maybe it was like one thirty, one fifty that I paid for that one. But it was almost a year after it came out, and it was I couldn't find it anywhere. And some of my favorite whiskeys, so I said yes. Mm -hmm. um, 
they're they always have a blend of quite a few different years and it's always high rye for the remus repeal reserve so they upped the, i did see the breakdown of this year they upped it so on the last year's uh repeal reserve six only two percent of it was from a 2008 distillation uh where i think this year it was like six percent from 2007 um and then it's got fairly equal parts of 2012 and 2014 blended in here too all pretty high rye um all very high rye actually the lowest percentage rye in here is 21 percent. so it's oh. probably close if you i'm not gonna i'm not good at math and i'm not gonna break out a spreadsheet uh probably around 28 percent, 29 percent rye um it's, mixed it's into pretty this. high it's and it's at 100 proof um it has heavy caramel notes on the nose. You're definitely pulling in some of the rye spice on the nose. Um, it's it's one of those where it has a... It, when you smell it, you know it's American whiskey. Um, you know it's American bourbon. Uh, and it's it's not a simple nose. It's pretty complex. You, I mean, every time you get a little bit different. Um, same thing on the palate. I don't need to take it now. Palate... Um, all, all three parts of this are very complex. And I think a lot of that's because there's a lot of different uh, whiskeys in here. Um, there's a lot of age in here. Um, I think they do a great job. And I'm hoping that it's sitting on the shelf just because of price and not because people don't know what it is or just know it's an MGP product and don't want to buy it because this is a really good whiskey. Um, if it's still on the shelf for 120 I don't think it's too far out of line on that price or 120, 130, 140, whatever it's at. It's not like it's far out of line. I would pay much over 100 for it. But it's one of those that you can definitely tell uh, the finish lingers for a good long time. You get some of the, the uh, oak spice on the finish. Um, it's it's a good whiskey. Um, so I got a question about it. Mm-hmm. Would it be easier to stomach the price if it was higher proof? No, because I think with the higher proof, you're going to lose some of the flavor out of it. Like, I think mm. these are mixed and blended at a very specific, at 100 for a reason. Um, it's a very nice, easy drinking whiskey. It's very approachable for, this would be, honestly, this would be a good one. If you're getting into whiskey and aren't liking high proof stuff yet. This is something that's going to bridge you because it's got a little bit higher rye. So you're going to get some of the, the rye spice, but it's not the ethanol burn that you get from higher proof. Yeah. Um, but it starts putting you down that road to getting used to hotter and hotter things. Even though it's only 100 proof, I'm not saying that it drinks above its proof. Um, I think where it's at, it's very well blended. Um, it's, a, nice it. it's a pretty interesting point. And I think a, a really good one um, that because it's a blend, you know, they probably were being very intentional with that proof point um, and trying to blend to that proof point, um, you know, in a like more exceptional way, you know. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I hope it's just on the shelf because the price is high and not that it's people don't want to buy it because it's MGP, because if that's what you're leaving it there for, that's a bad reason for it. Um. I, MGP makes some of the most whiskey in the U.S. for a, for a reason. Uh, yep. There's so many new companies out there that buy MGP for a reason. 
Um, it, it, they make good things. I think this is really good. I just think it's it's pricey. Um, and obviously, I'm not a huge fan of price, but if if you like high rye whiskeys, if you like good complexity, um, and you don't mind spending over a hundred dollars for a nice occasion bottle, I would say go to Gold Eagle and pick one up because they still have some on the shelves. I don't know if I'd pay one eighty eight for this year's release. But if Gold Eagle puts them at the bar, I can tell you I will go to the bar and try some, and then maybe I would buy one. It blows my socks off. Nice. Who's kissing ass now? Look, look at all those big plugs for Gold Eagle right there. That a boy. <laughs> well, let's continue the plugs, Dan. Does it hold up to this bottle, I, I, the Gold Eagle Barrelcraft 9-year MGP? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good call. Um, They're very different because of the proof points on them. Um, I like barrel. I, it'd be a, and this it, is the low rye. I, is it low, low rye mash bill? So yeah. I get a lot more like fruit and uh, sweetness versus the spice that you get on the Remus. So yeah, very different. Yeah, but. that particular that particular barrel is very uh, for especially for being nine years. It's very much on the lighter end of the bourbon flavor profile spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually pretty nice. I will say a lot of barrels, baseline products, uh, not the gray label, not the gold label, just their normal, what I guess they call a white label. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I would say those are some of the few that are always right around $100 that I don't think are overpriced because I've always been very happy with the, with the flavor of it. Mm-hmm. I've, always thought they were, I've always thought barrels done very, very well with their stuff. It is on the higher side, but like my first bottle of barrel was Sam sold it to me and that was batch 2032 or something. I can't remember, but it, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but yeah, it was more expensive. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think barrel's great. That's, that's the only reason why they're gray and gold label don't get enough respect is just cause their cheaper offerings are almost just as good, if not better, like we've seen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the barrels a buy all day in my book. All their standard $80 to $110 offerings are usually pretty good. Yeah. Of their line, I think the only one that I'm not overly impressed with, just because it's got a unique flavor profile, is the Armida. Um, it's kind of got that florally note to it that I'm not a big fan of, but all the other stuff I, I've I like the Armida, yeah, but those are... I mean, it's, it's, an ex- it's more experimental. For yeah, sure. those those are more niche. Like the Armida, the Dovetail, and the Seagrass, you you got to try those a couple times before you really, really mm-hmm. enjoy them. But they actually just announced the Armida is not going to be around anymore. It's going to be kind of like a every once in a while seasonal fall release. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but speaking of barrel, I'll transition into what I'm drinking. And I apologize, but I have three bottles. I promise I'll only really talk about one of them. Um, one of them had to be the barrel nine year MGP single barrel. This I think is my all time favorite single barrel that we have right now in the store. It's kind of been my go to lately. Um, this at $110, I think is a no brainer buy every day. Another one that I'm going to briefly talk about is peerless single barrels. Um, although they are young, I think the flavor, uh, tastes like they're much more mature and much older. 
And every time you grab a single barrel from Peerless, it's usually pretty dang good. And it's always very, very different. Um, you get a lot of different flavors barrel to barrel. So Peerless is a go for me. Um, and then the last one, the bottle that I want to talk about is our Old Elk 8-Year Sour Mash Pick. Um, we just dropped this oh. about two weeks ago. 110 bucks. So good. Uh, yeah, distilled in New York at Finger Lakes Distilling. Uh, 121 proof, barrel proof. And what is so special about this one is just how unique it is. Um, Jake, you can probably back me up on this one. I don't know if you've had it, Dan, yet. But uh, this is 121 proof straight bourbon single barrel. And nobody has ever knows this or tasted this and thought it wasn't finished. Yeah. It smells like a straight yeah, harmony. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's it's got some intense, intense fruit notes, lots of like ripe berries, um, smells like it's for sure finished in Armagnac, Sherry or Port. Um, then the flavor is pretty fruity, too, but it's very balanced um, and kind of kind of reminds you it's, it's a straight bourbon more on the palate, but it still has a lot of notes that would maybe make you think that this was finished. Um, and yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's carries some of the notes through from the nose to the to the palate. Um, it's definitely definitely much more intense on the nose, but it's it's one of the most interesting whiskeys I've I've had in a while. Um, it's very very good. And so to kind of kind of add on that, like if going back to the hundred dollar purchase thing, it has to be really really good for me to spend a hundred dollars on it, or it has to be really really unique. And I think this mm -hmm. barrel is really good, but this would definitely fall under the unique category. And in my opinion, worth the splurge, just because I guarantee you don't have anything in your repertoire uh, like this, just because of how off the charts it is. Um, and I know I said mm -hmm. I was going to maybe drop some coupon codes on the podcast, so I'm going to finally do that. Um, if, you use the, if you use the coupon code BMattersElk, I'll give you $10 off this bottle. Ooh. Ooh, nice. So it's the it's the old elk eight year single barrel barrel pick that we have in stock right now. I think there's about sixty bottles left. Um, but B matters elk and ten dollars off the bottle. It wouldn't even qualify for this episode anymore. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> I mean I can I can I can take nine ninety nine off. I'll take nine ninety nine off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll actually do it. So it'll be a hundred bucks on the dot. Um, <laughs> purchase your bottle, just barely qualifying for our category <laughs> here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, Jake, what do you got in your hands tonight? Yes, I have another gold eagle pick. Um, but I uh, had a boy. I picked this one because it's actually a bourbon, uh, not an Armagnac, but it's the. Bakta Gold Eagle Bourbon Pick, Vintage 2005. Uh, it's 120 proof. Um, this is a pretty, pretty phenomenal whiskey. Um, it's uh, do, do you do you know where it was sourced from? Uh, that one I believe is Tennessee. Oh, okay. But it yeah, um, it's there was a little bit of confusion with that one. We're not. I, I don't think anybody's really a hundred percent sure but um okay i think the the leaning answer is towards tennessee 
Yeah, I mean, it's really good. It tastes to me like it's very high corn mash bill. It is. It is. Um, a, it is a high nose. corn. Yeah, it's. It's not like a typical like for those of you listening and hearing Tennessee and rolling your eyes and thinking, "Oh, Dickel." Um, it's. It's not a typical Dickel mash bill. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tastes. <laughs> um, so hold your horses. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have that like Tennessee whiskey profile. No, yeah, it's it's kind of like, like an experimental stuff, one-off mash bill. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, lots of it's pretty grain forward with the corn, um, but it has some nice, some nice spice develops on the finish, and then uh, it's a pretty long finish, which you would expect for something this old and this expensive. Um, but it has kind of like a lighter, fruitier kind of finish, especially as you let it linger uh, longer and longer. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, I don't remember how, how much, much this was, was but I'm, I'm afraid, afraid to ask. It was 200 Okay. Still, Still a little afraid to know that, but... <laughs> just doubled it. Just doubled the episode price minimum, so it's not too bad. <laughs> Sounds like typical Jake, actually. <laughs> but all right guys well this was a i know jake you have a fantasy football draft you got to get to since we did ours last night you have yours tonight yeah Um, i've got a got a bunch of leagues this year and got these guys on a little early today because i gotta go draft another team nice well this is kind of a fun little bougie episode something we don't normally do is drink and talk about expensive whiskeys because there are so many other whiskeys to talk about but Gave us an excuse to open an expensive bottle, which is always, or not open, but pour some from an expensive bottle, which is always fun, guys. Mm-hmm. So, Jake, the B Matters Elk promo code is at Gold Eagle. How do people find you? How do people go in and redeem that code? B Matters Elk. Um, I should have said earlier, but this code is only valid for online. Um, go to goldeaglewine.com. Find this bottle, add it to your cart, go to the checkout. You'll put the code in at the checkout, and it should give you $9.99 off. So it'll come out to $100 on the dot. Um, you can also do this on our app. Um, and make sure you follow along on Instagram at uh, Gold Eagle Wine, Facebook at Gold Eagle Spirits. Keep up to date with all of our deliveries, releases, and events that we have going on. I, I just want to say, I hope we get one comment from one person that's like, I was going to buy it at ninety nine ninety nine, but I won't buy whiskey over $100, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> I, like, I, mean, I just want to see that happen. I'm curious to see how many people buy it. We'll see how many people. I, I know we have some good, loyal followers and listeners, um, but we'll see who's been kind of thinking about pulling the trigger, and we'll see you know if this episode uh, swayed anyone in that direction. Nice. Jake, where can people listen or watch us at? Uh, you can watch us on Spotify and YouTube. You can listen to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Find us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment. Uh, we're still want to do uh, would you rathers at the end of each episode. So leave us a, would you rather question somewhere and uh, we'll read it and uh, shout you out. That, that that'll happen after we air that episode though. Right. 
Yeah, it will. Because uh, uh, well, by the time this comes out, that one will be out. So that's a good idea. Dan is Dan is fuzzing the timeline a little bit here. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Jake, good luck in your fantasy draft. Thank you. Draft lots of Bears players. I hear they're all going to be great this oh, year. Oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. See ya.